From Real Ghost Stories Online.com. Welcome to another episode of our program, Real Ghost Stories Online. Group therapy for the paranormally affected. That's our new slogan. I like it. Group therapy for the paranormally affected. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. And of course, thanking you in advance for sharing the show, telling a friend about the show. Uh, That's what helps us grow on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, wherever you uh, feel the need to share. Do it. Just share away the uh, episodes as they come out. The more people that find us, the uh, better the show you get because we get more stories, more listeners, and uh, just a better show overall for you. Still giving out that bonus episode number two right now. If you give us a a positive review on iTunes, email me back the username that you used for that review, and I will reply back to you with a uh, bonus episode link, a private episode just for you as a thank you for uh, showing us some love and helping us grow and uh, giving us some of that uh, some of that support there uh, on iTunes because that's one of our biggest platforms for listenership. So press that subscribe button uh, if you are a, uh, an iTunes listener that helps us quite a bit. Uh, if you have a real ghost story, the phone number to call in is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can always just write in uh, at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, lots of follow-up on a bunch of things we've talked about uh, today, and also uh, quite a few calls. We'll see how much we can get to uh, on this episode. It's just piled up with stuff, which is good. That's a good problem to have. It uh, is. There's no shortage of, of uh, content here. Uh, Denver Jim writes in, uh, in answer to your other query about knowing about a place before you actually get there, it can either be due to uh, the fact that you had an out-of-body experience when you were sleeping and was there in spirit form, or in some cases, it's just precognition. In other words, you dreamt about being there before you got there physically. There's also the belief about uh, cellular memories. One author claims uh, in your very DNA, it contains codes or memories of where your ancestors live. For example, you can dream about being in a fishing village in Norway with great details, although you've never been there physically. A great-grandparent was. Far-fetched, but a theory nonetheless. I I kind of think it goes along with some of our callers that claim to have memories of things that happened before they were born in sure. their family. You know, that that's interesting, because, I mean, if, if if it is a DNA thing, and it's just one of those things where it's kind of imprinted, I mean, it's 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 almost, in, it's like taking instinctual to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. It's it not is. just, I feel like, you know, fight or flight or something like that. It's it's down to the photographic details, in, in some cases, for some people. I guess I could buy that. Yeah. That... Maybe it's not the case for everyone because I think we're you know we're obviously all built a little bit differently. But I could see for some people maybe those imprints in that DNA of of ancestral memory is stronger in some than others. I think so for whatever reason. You yeah, know, that could very well be the case. So thanks for uh, thanks for sharing those thoughts uh, and that theory. Uh, let's go to a phone call here uh, before we go to some more of our follow up. The phone number again eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. Hi. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jenny. It's Shana Dixon. Sorry about last time. I talked a little bit fast. I know. I think I was nervous. Okay, so I have a bunch of dogs. I My Brussels Griffin had a litter, and I have the little babies, and some of them have gone away, but I babysit them from time to time because they've gone to family members. So I had all six of them here tonight, and this happened about 10 minutes ago. It is 1.45 in the morning. Um, I was getting some water. And if I'm getting water at my fridge, you can, right to your left, there is a back door and a ramp, a wooden ramp, because 
we used to take Grandpa up and down the ramp uh, in a wheelchair. Okay, so we've got a screen door you can't really see out of unless you have the, the light on. I did not have the light on. I'm sitting there getting water, and I hear full-on running, like hardcore running, like dog running, a big dog, up the wooden ramp. So you can definitely hear the thundering footsteps coming up this echoing ramp. And about a foot before it got to the door to where it would have mashed into the door, there's nothing. All my little puppies went crazy. They all heard it. I, I, I mean, it was like five steps to go and turn off the light. I took them, turned on the light. There's nothing. There's no dog. All my dogs were accounted for inside with me. Make of that what you will, but I live with my my roommate, Ellen. Her grandfather had two dogs when she was young that she actually, he actually tethered to either side of the driveway on a, on a chain and they lived and died there and that would be at the edge of the ramp. Now, was it connected? I don't know. But what I do know is not only I heard it, but all the little bees heard it, and they all went crazy, and there's no, there was nowhere for it to have gone by the time I turned off the light, or turned on the light, I'm sorry. Uh, dyslexic, just to let you know. <laughs> so I make things backwards sometimes. But anyways, love your show. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Some negative dog energy there. Yeah, I think that's... I know some people have to keep their dogs on a leash like that. I think it's kind of sad when that happens. I had a dog that we had to do that for a while, and we ended up finding a new home for it because it wasn't fair to the dog to always be on a leash like that. Yeah, I mean, if that's the... why? I mean, what's, what's the joy for the owner and what's the joy for the animal at that point if that's what you have to do? I mean, yeah. I get it if after you've had the dog and things don't work out very well and you got to kind of... That's where it has to be for a little while. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it's like you got to find a better place for that animal if it's not going to be living a happy life. Yeah. Um, so interesting. Um, yeah, I could see it being. I, I could totally see some negative, you know, dead dog energy going on right there. That's freaking out the other dogs. Exactly. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. If you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us, another letter says, "Hello, Tony and Jenny. So happy you played uh, all of my stories so far. Thank you. Uh, I was enthralled. You'd like to have more info." On the Nellis family and my little ghost, Mary Agnes Nellis. Yes. Okay. Yes. Remember, she was the youngest child that died of scarlet fever. Okay. And um, she came back as the, uh, I'll say in quotes, imaginary friend. Yeah. Okay. So I just thought it was so neat that she knew who her imaginary friend ghost was. Was. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, it says, I've attached a photo of Mary and her little sister, the old homestead, the cemetery, also the house that now sits there. This is where I spent the first 19 years of my life. I really feel for Jenny and her sadness and uh, longing to know about her little ghost. Uh, learning up and uh, learning and growing up with Mary, uh, it also broke my heart. Now for Jenny's first question, do I remember her? The truth is, I have little memories where it was completely vivid. To me, I didn't understand what a ghost was. Mary was simply a friend. She was never a mist or floating person. I 100% remember her sitting on the end of my bed telling me a story about her dad had gone to the neighbors to help deliver a baby horse. And that when the horse was born, was uh, stillborn, the family gave the Nellis family uh, the back half of the horse to eat for meals. Uh, she never seemed upset, but mature for her age. That's quite a thing for a... Uh, uh, an imaginary friend, if it was an imaginary friend to be saying. Right. You know, that's where you kind of go, that's not an imaginary, that's a ghost. And yeah. that's not something that 
well, if it were an imaginary friend, it would be something that she was making up in her mind. But that's not something somebody our age or time frame would even have thought about. Now, our girls may come up with something like that because I say crazy stuff when we're playing kitchen. You do. I could see them saying, would you like some horse blood? But... The average little girl that doesn't have the twisted father that's saying crazy things and sure. they're playing kitchen. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Um, the other memory is uh, very easy to remember was when I was uh, playing in the uh, backyard seldom with some uh, uh, rope uh, my dad had used uh, to map off where the new deck was going to go. I was tying it over the bars, looking back, being unsupervised. That could lead to a horrific accident. Uh, As I was sitting in the loop, Mary had appeared and told me mother was going to be so mad when she saw what I was doing and told me to put the rope back. Mary really touched my heart along with the life uh, I lived of seeing and experiencing the unexplainable made me determined to spend the rest of my life looking for answers to things no one knows. At 14 years old, after a very reputable uh, parapsychologist read me uh, about uh, read about me in a medical journal, I was contacted and given many answers. This only furthered my passion. Since then, I have dedicated my life to the paranormal and has inspired a novel that is now in the works called Chasing Ghosts. It will be a collection of evidence and experiences from a few paranormal enthusiasts. I've used my outlets to find this information on the Nellis family. I want to share with you some new information. At 20, I bought my first house, but with my close ties to my old home, I bought a house only two blocks away from my old house. Sadly, uh, one uh, only once have I heard her humming. I'd remembered from many years ago. Since then, nothing. In a way, I hope that her approval, knowing that I didn't, just let her disappear like so many that have passed before us. Jenny, I'm glad your little boy gets to live on through you and your stories. I also wanted to note that we love both of your outlooks on sensitives and mediums. I don't put a name on my free service as I feel a gift is given for free and should be shared for free with others. I call myself a home reader. For me, when I enter a room, it is as if someone else's memories play behind my eyes. Sometimes it has gone as far as being able to smell or taste the environment. This sometimes, uh, uh, this sometimes cure a gift made me go through over 73 houses before being able to settle on a home. Sometimes this gift shows itself in another way. When I was 18 years old, I was very into amateur photography. I was looking for random people to fill up my portfolio when I met Jana. She was a local musician in the same age as me. The photography session was fun, and I had very quickly edited and uploaded the photos. A week after meeting Jana, I started having the same dream. My whole night was filled with a boy about my age sitting on a log of a tree, but the dream didn't make sense as he always was telling me random, very personal blurbs. I got to the point I was having to go to my mom, and she told me to write everything down as uh, he saw it in case it comes in handy. Jump forward a few weeks. I was on Facebook late one night, and uh, I decided to look through Jenna's profile to see if she was using any of the photos I had taken of her as a Facebook profile picture. I was flipping through her photos and made my way to the picture she took in 2007, and it took me by surprise. There was the boy from my dreams. I looked to see if he was tagged in the photo so I could Facebook stalk him. And the comments were words such as, we miss him so much. I felt like a punch to the chest. I was thinking of all the personal and beautiful things he said, the advice he was passing on to me. After talking to my mom, we decided I should contact Jenna. 
I did and left the simple message on her Facebook, Jenna, I have something to talk to you about, and added my number. 20 minutes later, my phone rang, and it was her, and she was crying. I started crying. Somehow, she knew in her heart why I was calling. I passed on the information. It was the most beautiful moment of my life. She had been waiting four years for some sign, some reason. She knew she couldn't just leave her with, uh, I knew I just couldn't leave her with nothing. Uh, after meeting again, I learned Andy had died on his way to her house. He wasn't wearing his seatbelt and uh, hit the only tree in a country road. I've included some uh, clips of our uh, conversation on Facebook for your viewing, and she sent some of those, and I saw it, and it was uh, legit. Uh, thank you again for uh, your amazing outlet you've given so many people. But it helps uh, so many people, and not help so many people sleep at night. Please never stop. That is so, so nice. There you go. Okay, so I have a question. Yeah. If um, Mary Agnes kind of almost helped prevent her to accidental, accidental hanging, you know, by playing with the rope, mm-hmm. does that make her like a guardian angel or is she still a ghost? What's the difference there? I think it's a helpful ghost. A helpful ghost. I think, I think the guardian angel is one of those things that constantly is watching over you and... You know, maybe not always necessarily making itself known, you know, as you know, I think I think guardian angels sometimes can be one of those things where you go, some things happen for a reason. Yeah. And you don't really know why. Uh, But there's like not a force there that you're seeing and having a conversation with. I think that might have just been her looking out for her. Okay. As a ghost. Just my opinion, you know, but, you know, it kind of falls into that category. I just think a different type of, of entity there. Okay. So. I was just curious. No. Um, thank you for writing in and, and following up with us on that. I really do appreciate that. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. That's what we are doing here at Real Ghost Stories Online every single day of the week. Let's go to the phones. Hi. Hey, Tony. Hey, Jen. Um, First time calling in, but I've written in before. Uh, this is Griffin. I wrote once before. I had the uh, house where I found I saw the old guy at the uh, blue jean shirt, blue jack or uh, blue jeans on, um, and then I thought I had something following me for a bit as well. Uh, it was also the story where I heard my mom call my name a couple times. My wife heard the same thing a couple times, uh, and you guys write it a little, uh, probably a couple months ago. Um, reason I'm calling in now is I actually just had an experience and um i just wanted to get it out before i forgot about it uh to give some backstory it kind of relates back to the story i was saying before where i felt like i had a shadow figure following me and i'd feel different spurts of aggression and different spurts of depression uh this past month i've actually had it happen again where it's come back and Honestly, I think it might be attached to my mom somehow because I've been away from my mom for about six months because we moved out of her house. And ever since that I've been out of there, I it took a little bit, but it seemed to have dissipated. And about a month ago, me and my mom got together. We were trying to mend some broken fences, uh, metaphorically, obviously. But... Um, we were just trying to meet up, fix some stuff, and ever since then, uh, it might be more of a psychological thing until just a few moments ago when I had another thing happen, but 
me and my wife were sitting at home a couple, probably a week after I met up with my mom. And I had already seen a shadow figure one or two times again, and that started worrying me a little bit because I hadn't seen it in such a long time. But me and my wife were sitting down. We've got a desk with two computers facing a wall. And we're sitting there, and behind us to our left is a hallway that leads to the bathroom. Now, I had just gotten up. I had went to the bathroom, came out, turned off the lights. My wife said she even turned around and watched me turn off the lights because she likes, she likes to have the lights off, uh, make sure that we're not wasting any energy or anything like that. And so we sit down, and about... 20 seconds go by and all of a sudden my wife goes do you see that and I'm not sure what she's talking about so I turn around and the lights in the bathroom and the hallway have turned back on and I'm like okay maybe I just left the lights on there's a very good chance I'm very forgetful that way and she goes no I made sure that you had turned the lights off when you had sat back down from that moment for about two weeks I was seeing shadow figures constantly. And actually, I should probably say shadow figure because I don't feel like it's multiple attachments or anything like that. Um, but there have been instances where I'd be driving down the street during the day, not during night or anything like that, because there's always those instances. I don't take into account anything where you see out of the side, corner of your eye those shadows or anything like that that could very easily just be matrixing. Um, but there's been a few instances where I've clearly seen a shadow in front of me, either dart behind a car, move quickly behind me, uh, and a few instances where I felt like something was very overbearing over me. Uh, and actually, me and my wife got in a little fight yesterday, and after we had calmed down, I'd asked her if maybe I'd act differently in the past month or so. And she was like, yeah, actually, you, you've been acting a little bit more aggressive, more defensive since uh, I had my, ta my talk with my mom. And so I feel like maybe somehow I've picked back up that energy again, just being with her. And maybe it's attached to her and it's jumped back to me. I'm really not sure. But what just happened was I'm driving home from work, and this is probably five minutes ago. I'm driving home from work and I take a canyon from, uh, I live in Los Angeles. I work in West Hollywood and I work on the other side of the, uh, I live in the other side of the mountains in the valley. And to get from West Hollywood to the valley, I take a canyon. So I'm going through the canyon and as I'm about to exit the canyon road, a person's coming up the road as I'm going down. And they're texting on their phone like a, you know, typical L.A. moron. <laughs> and um, they just, I slammed my brakes because they were about to hit me head on. They swerved just out of the way of me. And I am i get very heated because they almost crashed into me just because they're on their stupid phone. So I yell out the window, what the F are you doing? And now the reason I bring up that I said that is because I just poured out a bunch of aggression. I was very angry and heated at this person that almost hit me. And the second that I say, what the F are you doing? I'm listening to your guys' podcast as I'm driving through the canyon because 
Well, I mean, that's what a normal person does, right? They listen to ghost shows while driving home. Uh, but I'm listening to your guys' show, the very latest one. Um, and my phone's been fine. I've been listening to podcasts literally since about 6 this morning. My phone's been fine. I've been charging it all day. Nothing's gone wrong with it. The second that I yell out, what the F you doing? My podcast stops and my phone just completely dies. And so I, I realize it stopped and I look down at it and I notice that my, comp- my phone is completely off. And all of a sudden I realize that I don't really feel like me. It feels like something is overbearing my emotion, but not my personal, not my uh, personal being if that makes any sense. Not the physical overbearing feeling, but a more emotional one. And the more I calm down a bit, the more it seems to subside. But I just wanted to call in, give you guys a little um, follow-up on what's been happening. I've been meaning to call you in to the show, give a little bit of a follow-up, but actually, I was thinking about it this morning. I was kind of waiting to see if there would be something else that happens, and just so happens to be that uh, well, I, I just had an incident that popped up. Um, I just wanted to say, love the introduction, or the the joining of Jenny uh, to the show. It's really made it great because of all the banter you guys have back and forth. Makes it very intriguing to listen to. Uh, keep up the great work, and I'm thinking of getting maybe a shirt or a hoodie. Um, they look awesome. Uh so thanks. Just wanted to give that follow up. If you have any questions, uh, I believe my uh, in the past have had my phone numbers. I've got my email on there. If you want any other follow up on any of this stuff, please just reach out. And um, that's it. Thanks, guys. Keep us posted as to uh, what continues on there. Okay, I have a gut feeling. Yeah. It it just I have to say it. Go. Okay. Um. I would imagine that with your your dealings with your mom, since it sounds like things are a bit strained right now, there's probably some anxiety on your end with talking to her or, or being around or, or just the relationship in general right now. I think, and, and this is just what came to me when I was listening, I think maybe the anxiety that you're feeling is allowing something else to kind of prey upon you because you know they tend to do that when you're feeling down or you're feeling anxious or or just out of sorts and I think maybe if you worked on not having so much anxiety with with the relationship or with your mom or or you know not letting yourself maybe get worked up internally you can help keep that out a little bit more that's that's just what my heart is telling me right now because I've dealt with anxiety I know that that would be something that would provoke anxiety for me if I were in your situation and I would imagine that doesn't you know that's kind of you're flying your vulnerable flag for whatever's out there to prey upon you that's pretty much exactly what I was going to say um really so thank you very yes actually okay yeah no I, my thoughts were um 
the anxiety sounds like it's there and it sounds like it's somewhat situational. I mean, I don't, obviously I don't know you very well, um, but uh, maybe it's more of an ongoing thing with other situations too, but obviously the mother is a situational thing there right now that's bringing it out. Um, and with that, you know, maybe there's, there's some touches of depression in there as well that, you know, are bringing you down and that's exactly right. You're kind of flying your flag out there of these things are very, you know, troublesome to you. And when we've talked about this before, um, these sort of things seem to prey on people who are going through very troubled situations, um, maybe experiencing anxiety or depression, um, and they just kind of latch on and they make it that much worse. And that's not to say that it was necessarily brought on by something supernatural, but it seems that some supernatural things like to piggyback onto chemical mental uh you know imbalances that are that contribute to anxiety and and depression and things of that nature so yeah it's pretty much exactly what i was thinking okay so i would suggest here's here's uh what we're suggesting to you and, and we're not by any means saying you're crazy or anything like that i mean we and all, we don't want you to take no, it that way at no. all we're trying to help we all go through these, these sort of things um I would seek getting uh, talking to a therapist or, or, or getting some some help for what's going on with your mom, not what's going on with the dark demon stuff. I, in fact, I'd be very, I wouldn't necessarily bring that stuff up. I, I'd say deal with these almost separately. Yes. Talk to a therapist. Uh, talk to a psychologist. Not about the demons. Not or not the demons, but the, the shadow people. Don't don't even go there with that. Um, just about your mom and that relationship and work on that relationship internally and how that's affecting you and and work your way through that as a totally separate thing from the shadow things and I think if you can get that more under control and that you can be more at peace with that internally I think the other things may go away at least see how that works yeah, just give it a shot. And, you know, I hate to say, oh, you've yeah. got this or you've got that because I'm not qualified to diagnose. But I, I, I don't think the, I don't no. think you're just making things, these things up in your mind either. I don't no. th- I think these things are actually happening too. I think there's some dark stuff going on around you. Um, but I think the less essentially the less attractive you can make yourself to these things, uh, the less you're going to have to deal with them or experiencing them. Yeah. So. Uh, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. And please follow up. Let us know. Yeah. Um, hopefully things improve. But yeah, just stay strong. I mean that that's the biggest thing there. Yeah, definitely. And and please do uh, keep us up to date. And buy a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna fix everything. Yeah, buy a hoodie. It, no. it, 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 it gets rid of everything. They're blessed with with holy water. Thanks for listening, especially <laughs> if you're listening in the car. That's awesome. They're really not blessed with holy water. I got to dislike They're really not. Really not. But I wonder if we could do that. No. They come from cafe. We called cafe press and said, hey, all of our stuff, can you douse them, get a priest and douse them with holy water before we send them out? <laughs> yeah, that would work. That would work out well. I wonder how long that call would go. Uh, 855-853-4802 with a real ghost story. If you have one, we would absolutely love to hear it. Uh, as we continue on with group therapy for the uh, paranormally affected. affected. I always want to say afflicted. It's kind of the same thing. It is, but I don't know. Here we go. Hi. Hey, Tony. Hey, Jenny. This is uh, Richard from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I just wanted to start off by saying thanks for uh, for uh, listening to my story, or nightmare, I would like to call it. Um, it's on a serious note, I really do appreciate, you know, having a place to call 
to uh, discuss what my family and I are going through. Um, a lot of people like to mock you and, and laugh behind your back or think you're crazy when you tell them this stuff. And it, uh, it really sucks when you have nowhere to turn or get off your, you know, off your chest. Um, yeah, um, we still live in the house. This is uh, the one that was, this is the story that was on your uh, haunted uh, toy episode. We still live in the house. Um, we're really not in the stage to move due to the fact that we have two rental properties and we have the house that we live in. We own one of the houses that are rental, but we have two of them that you know, we owe for at the bank. Um, so we were really not in a, in a place to really go anywhere. Um, and plus, I really wouldn't want to leave and <laughs> give somebody my well, what somebody did to me, you know what I mean? Like me move into a house that's haunted. I really do, I, I, I agree with your wife that I believe it was already here due to the fact that my wife wasn't here long and the feeling that I got when I walked in. I'll never forget that feeling. I'll never forget it. Um, we ended up getting the house blessed um, and uh, we had it cleaned and it seemed like all it did was make it worse. Uh, my my kids, and it was like it more attacked my kids than anybody, especially my middle child that's becoming, you know, a little lady at the time, because this was back in 2009. Um, it's now 2.14. But the crazy part is, is uh, when it started messing with my daughter, it was like, it would go back and forth to my middle child, to my oldest child, the females. Um, they really don't know how to take it. They always want to stay at their, you know, Nana's house, places like that. And that, you know, that really sucks, man, because there's nothing we can do to, you know, solve this situation that we have going on here. We still wake up occasionally with the cabinet doors open still. And this is after the fact that in 2012, we were going to get a paranormal group to come in to check out what was going on. Well, he decided to do research on the house. Well, the people that we had living here before, that who we bought the house from, which is actually the bank, because they just got up and left in the middle of the night. And that's how we got the house so cheap is they just got up left, boom. Nobody knows where they're at. I don't know their name. So I called the realtor and I was asking her about it, you know, trying to see if I could find out because I had a lot of questions for them. Well, they knew nothing about them. She didn't, our realtor didn't, but she did know that they got up and left in the middle of the night. And I was thinking, you know, wouldn't you think that was odd? And you should tell me that kind of thing, you know. Because here I am bringing three kids in a house that I believe is haunted by not just a ghost, not at all. Um, you'll be be asleep at nighttime, and it feels somebody's tugging at your feet. It feels like somebody, like, you'll be asleep, and you'll feel like somebody's just right in your face, breathing on you. Um, you'll walk through the house, and you'll smell, like, sulfur uh, every periodically. I mean, it's very occasionally that you'll get that 
um, the house has brought my wife just horrible luck because she don't look at it that way. But my wife was so uppity and go forth and just <laughs> she still is awesome. I'm just saying that she her moods swings are just triggered so quick. She is so mad at a tent. I don't know if it's the lack of sleep we're getting, and it's me trying to, you know, calm everybody down and keep everybody with normal heads. But she, she's not the same. It's the same person I married a long time ago. And that's where his uh, his call ended, right there. I can't. I feel so horrible for him. I can tell just in the tone of his voice. Yeah. It, compared to the last call we heard, he just sounds so much more just emotionally exhausted. Drained, yeah. Drained. I, I don't... I don't know what to tell. I mean, the thing is, we don't have a solution. But, I mean, this is something where I, I'm going to just, uh, you know, open it up to uh, you guys out there. Uh, we have a lot of people in our audience who are much more versed in, in these sort of things than we are. Um, we're just kind of the, I guess, uh, I don't know, moderators of this this ghost thing that we do. And we'll, of course, share our opinions and thoughts, you know, when I think we feel that we have some opinion or thought to give. Um, uh, but with this, it's so tough because I have no idea what to say um, or do, uh, you know, in, in that situation. If, if anyone does have some direction for him... On our website at Real Ghost Stories Online, uh, go to the, this show's, uh, this episode's page, and, and you can comment by just using Facebook. Um, and if you have some direction or some idea of you know, what this man could do for help. And, and this is for Richard and Chattanooga, yep. so it would be helpful if your comments Mention it, yeah. mentioned him. With the sulfur smell, do you think it's a demon? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. and from what he said before, I think it's a demon. I mean, that just it just further solidifies everything. The episode, by the way, if you're listening to us on iTunes or uh, or Stitcher or YouTube and you, you are not listening to the website, is uh, called Plagued by Shadow People. That's the episode to look for. Um, and you can uh, just go down there onto the page and uh, right there on Facebook, leave some comments. And then Richard, too, go back page um, and see what uh, what some folks are leaving you. Of course, I, we can't vouch for what people are going to tell you to do or suggest for you to do or endorse it or, or say it's a good idea or not. But uh, people, are, you know, if you have some legitimate ideas and thoughts on uh, what uh, what can uh, be helpful for him, uh, please do leave it on the website and um, we'll try and be a resource for you there. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I know it's it just sounds like a... I mean, Ideally, it would be get out of the house. I know. You know, and, and I understand not being in a financial situation to do that. And then also the thought process of someone else coming into the house. And I really commend you for being, you know, that thoughtful of, you know, potentially another family moving in there sure. and their children being affected. Not that that is good that your children are being affected. Mm-hmm. What... You, in the past, you on the the lady with the dish mm-hmm. the dish phone call, yeah, yeah. we told her to Google a demonologist. Yeah, are there demonologists out there that you can find to talk if to? If you Google them, I mean, you can find uh, you know reach out and talk and see what happens. Okay. Um, you know, I I don't necessarily. It's not like the one eight hundred demonologist. I phone, know. You know, you know, but uh, it, but if you reach out. Um, 
the thing is, I know a lot of those people do get a lot of inquiries from all over the place, so it's kind of a crapshoot to see if they'll get back to you, but it's worth a try. You know, yeah. it's worth a try um, to, to try and get some direction there. The only other thing I could, you know, think of and suggest, and this is almost kind of like what we talked about with, with our previous caller, is, I mean, this sounds like it's something that's really draining you mentally and physically and probably draining your family as well and probably causing a lot of depression, heartache, anxiety, all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's being, you know, brought on more and more and more and more by these entities is... While it may be impossible for you to fight back against the entities, you know, saying, get out of my house, or you're just, they're completely beyond your control. Um, what you may have more control of, though, is is yourself and your outlook on, on life and how your relationships are with your family. Um, it may be something where the more you can bring that up and bring yourself up, and maybe that involves, again, it's one of those things. If you can find ways of doing that, if, if it's talking to a therapist or a psychologist, and again, I think you keep this separate. You don't go into the therapist, psychologist, and say, hey, we have demons in our house. You talk about your family issues, and but, that's it. But here's the thing. What's different yeah. about Richard's case versus Griffin's, yeah. Griffin had issues with his mom outside sure. of, of this. This... This seems to all be the issues are because of what's going on. So you can't yeah, really go in and say, yeah. well, my wife's moody and my kids are having issues because they're yeah, going to peel those layers back, back and, as get, to why, yeah. and it's going to come out that there's stuff going on and in that house. that's probably, yeah. So, I'm just thinking, I mean, maybe it's not necessarily than talking to someone. Maybe it's, it's because I, I, it's something where I'm thinking you know, try and tackle them almost separately and bring one up. And if you bring the one up, the other may fall back further because yeah. you're being happier and more positive. And it's not, I'm not saying this is going to be an easy thing to do by any means because this stuff is just going to try and suck every last inch of positivity out of you, which it sounds like it has. Um, but try and, if there's any way, whether it just be things that you're doing as a family, maybe outside of the house, try and, and somehow lift up the positivity within your family and those relationships as best you can. And maybe the more of that that goes on, the more it can push out the the things that you can't control with these dark things. You know, I would, I would go out there and suggest talking to somebody. And I don't think I would, on the first visit in, say we've got unexplained phenomenon in our yeah. house and that's how I would word it yeah. but I would eventually probably let that out because I don't think yeah. that they're going to just deem you crazy and then get you know anybody else involved because yeah. I'll be honest I've talked to my personal therapist about paranormal experiences Yeah, and you know honestly I think they probably hear a lot more about that than you would realize you think? I would think so yeah I mean, it, it's something that's very troubling for a lot sure. of people. Sure. So I don't know that I would keep it like a big secret. I would maybe, you know, kind of ease into it so you're mm-hmm. not, you know, let them kind of get to know you and see what the issues are first before you bring that part up. But yeah. I don't think I would keep it a secret because it, it seems to be the root of yeah. everything going wrong. Yeah. And again, I just want to make it clear. I'm not saying that I think you, you need psychological help or anything like that. I, no. I, I'm just saying... <laughs> take the the darkness and these these demon things out of the equation um and if if your family was just unhappy in general or you were unhappy that would be a good route to take to to try and raise things up and i'm saying try and raise one independently of the other and because these things feed on 
sadness and negativity, and they end up, you know, they have, sounds like it is pretty much the source of a lot of it. But you know, they'll become the source. They'll become the everything of everything if, yeah. if you let it. Um, so try no. and control what you can control. No, we're not at all saying you need help. We're just suggesting it as a way to cope with what you're going on because yeah. we completely believe yeah. that, and maybe, that this is going maybe on. Maybe that will pull some of it down yeah. just because you know, these things don't like necessarily positive things. Just a thought. I don't know. That's all I can And Richard, up. keep us posted. We yeah. want to know how you guys are doing. Yeah. 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories. Please press subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube, whatever platform you may be listening to us on. Uh, we would uh, absolutely uh, love that. That really does help us grow and helps us uh, quite a bit uh, as far as getting more folks to listen to the show and uh, delivering a better show to you every single week. A uh, Another follow-up here. I live in Rochester, New York. One of you have, uh, On one of your shows, you talked about the types of people who would spend time in cemeteries. I happen to be one of those people who find peace in visiting my local cemetery, Mount Hope. For many locals, it isn't an odd habit. Living residents like to go take pictures, bird watch, or walk through the beautiful landscape and relax. Yes, there really are people who like to hang out in cemeteries and relax. It's not creepy. It's something that's been done since Victorian times, and it was a place for families or outings or picnics in order to talk to their deceased family members and honor them with flowers during a ritual uh, cemetery movement. See? Yeah. It could be a very positive place. Well, and I think... Picnics. I think, too, it helps when the cemetery is very picturesque. Sure, yeah. You know? Yeah. The one we talk about all the time, Ryanzi, is is probably the most beautiful cemetery I've ever seen. Yeah, but you never see anyone in there. No. Other than us wandering around taking photos. <laughs> uh, from Friends of Mount Hope website, Mount Hope Cemetery was one of America's early municipal Victorian cemeteries. 196 acres are full of hills, valleys created by retreating glaciers. The cemetery features more than 80 mausoleums. Wow. Soaring Egyptian obliques, uh, winged angels of mercy. Uh, all sorts of other things as well. Uh, a diversified forest of trees uh, forms an arboretum, shading thousands of marble, bronze, and granite monuments. Annual events uh, that locals attend, and not so local, are guided walking tours. Okay, that's kind of cool, kind of like the Ryanzi, what they do. Uh-huh. Uh, different tours, and this is going on about uh, what the cemetery uh, has to offer. So the point, she says to my story, is that there are many people who enjoy and feel peace while enjoying the tranquility of cemeteries, and no one needs to feel strange or creepy individuals for doing so. I 100% agree. Me too. I think uh, cemeteries, you know, they they can be very cool places to visit. Uh, 855-853-4802 with your real ghost story. If you have one to share with us, 855-853-4802. Hi. This isn't a ghost story, but answers a question you asked. Yes, people who sleepwalk and or have night terrors sometimes remember their dreams. My father's family has a long history of sleepwalking and night terrors. Almost all my cousins, my sister, her two children, and I have had incidents. One family member was sent home from the Pacific Theater during World War II because of his sleepwalking and night terrors. The military was going to court-martial him, thinking he was trying to get out of service, even though he had volunteered for the Marines. They ended up doing some testing and found out he had several severe, severe sleep disorders. Uh, his own mother told his bride-to-be that if he started talking into his sleep, get out of the room and lock yourself in another room. 
they actually they had a sitting room set up next to their bedroom with a day bed in it that she could retreat to if he started having a night terror and their kids all grew up sleeping with the doors locked. Uh, he was a very gentle man. He sweet, loving, never any type of violence, no PTSD because he had this from childhood from the time he could get out of his crib. But um, when he was asleep, if he was dreaming something bad, bad things could happen. Uh, my mother got two black eyes, one from my first cousin, one from my little sister who were having nightmares and she tried to wake them up. When I was 10, my mother and father asked me one morning, did you see a weird dream last night? Which is a clue for our family that you were sleepwalking. And I told him, yeah, I dreamt that the school bully had broken into our house and held a knife to my throat and pulled a silver. Then I got the revolver and shot the bully. He and mom showed me a pillowcase full of all the good silver, the silver tea set and coffee set, all the, and several other silver objects. I was in ther therapy due to the bullying, and the bully, the therapist asked me about this repeatedly, probably because of the second part that I didn't, wasn't told till years later. I'd actually woken my parents up by walking into their room. I was holding the pillowcase and um, with the silver in it, I had pulled a chair over, put the pillowcase down, and tried to climb up in the closet. My dad realized that I was climbing up to where the revolver was and that I was sleepwalking. So he jumped out of bed, walked to the other side of me, picked up the revolver case, which was locked, picked up the ammo case, which was locked, moved them out of my way. I did a thing with my hand like I was shooting somebody and then just went to sleep on the floor and dad looked at me and said, get up and go to bed. And I got up and went to bed. Fortunately, every gun in our house was kept under lock and key and those keys were in the second locked box that was kept next to my parents' bed along with the keys to their rental property. Um, people in my family ha have alarms to keep the kids in the house, not to keep burglars out. Uh, there are stories going back three, four generations of got kids found wandering the neighborhood in the middle of the night in their sleep, curled up on neighbors' porches. My uh, two-year-old niece was found in her swing in the front yard by a neighbor. She thought he got home and he thought that my niece had left a doll in the swing, went over to pick it up and put it on this porch because it was fixing to rain and then realized it was my niece. And the door was open and he was afraid something had happened to my sister and brother-in-law and went in looking for them and woke them up. <laughs> it was holding Lauren and saying she was in the front yard. Um, so. Yeah, people who sleepwalk, they can get out of the house. They can go all over the place. Uh, and we do remember part of it, and a lot of it is stress. And I, remember, I can even tell now when I'm having one of these dreams, trying to wake up before I get out the back door. Because it's a real pain to call the alarm company and say, uh, yeah, the alarm went off because I was sleepwalking, so I'm stressed out because my boss is in your turn. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question. Bye. There you go. That answers a lot of questions. That's scary. That's scary when it's a genetic thing, too, that's brought on. I mean, I wonder what that is. I mean, I suppose it's like anything genetic. Some people just have an imprint of certain parts of their DNA that mm -hmm. are stronger than others. And if that happens to be a trigger that <laughs> what you happen to do, it tends to keep continuing on. Wow. That's got to be scary, though, knowing that you do that and then having kids and just fearing, you know, for them the entire time, you know, through their, you know, as they grow up. I think, though, it probably helps if you have it, too, and your kids have it to understand 
and to, sure. and to plan ahead to know what could possibly happen. I think that's probably better that that people that have that do tend to be related so that they understand because when you've just got some random case yeah. of it, then you don't know what to expect. You're a little more educated yeah. on the, uh, the subject and can relate to it. You know, that does make a lot of sense. 855-853-4802-855-853-4802 is the phone number to call with your real ghost story. Please press subscribe if you've not done so yet on whatever device you're listening to so you don't miss any future episodes of our show. Another letter. Hi, Tony and Jenny. I am totally digging your podcast and it helps to fill that gaping hole in my paranormal loving heart where Art Bell's show used to be. Halloween style, ghost to ghost every day. Woo-hoo. A few episodes back, y'all asked if your listeners enjoyed walking through creepy old graveyards. My answer is a big fat yes. I laughed when you brought it up because that is what I was doing the very first time I listened to your show. Aww. Aww. <laughs> it was a cool old graveyard, too. I took some photos, and we'll send you some in another writing. Every time I listen, I recall some paranormal or at least unusual experience. So I imagine I'll write again or call with some stories. This time around, I'd like to share a series of experiences that seem to connect... Those who have died with double rainbows. I'm wondering if any of your listeners may have had similar experiences. Back in the summer of 1997, I was moving across the country with my two cats, southeast to west coast, and visited many friends and relatives along the way as possible. I stayed with my mom for several days, and she told me about the day her mother, my grandmother, had died. My mom was 19 at the time, in college, but still living at home. She had been out that day, in class perhaps, and was on her way home when she saw a double rainbow. When she arrived home a few minutes later, she was told that her mother had just died. My mom was entirely certain beyond a doubt that her mother had said goodbye to her with that double rainbow. My mom has been weary of seeing one again as she feels that would mean the death of someone else. After I left visiting with mom, I landed at my brother's place in Memphis. We lived in an apartment complex. It had a pool and a hot tub area. That evening, I went to the hot tub and... Uh, there were some other people already there. We all chatted for a while, but eventually ended up talking with one guy. Out of the blue, he started telling me about the PGA Championship he had just watched on TV. Long story short, Dave Love III had been uh, taught golf by his father, who was also a former pro and was a great bond between them. David had always hoped to win a championship to make his dad proud, but had not done so by 1988 when his dad died. As Davis approached the 18th hole of the 1997 championship, a double rainbow came out, and he made his winning stroke under it. The guy telling me this story said that was his dad showing up to be there for his big moment. Cool, huh? But also possibly just random. The notable thing about it for me was that this is a total stranger out of the blue deciding to tell me his story just a few days after my mom told her double rainbow story and uh, that his perception of the rainbow's meaning uh, being so similar. Onward... And westward ho, I went with my little kitties till we reached California. After living there a couple months, uh, one of my cats, Lulu, went missing. I hung up flyers and put an ad in the paper and walked miles and miles looking for her to no avail, but I just could not give up. Often her sister, Chicken, would uh, go with me and even call out, with, uh, call out with me. One day, weeks later, we were out uh, on a Lulu scouting mission and I just collapsed onto a fallen log and wept. In my mind, I kept wondering, is she dead or is she living somewhere else now? I said out loud, please just let me know if you're dead or still alive. If you're alive, I'll keep looking for you, but if you are dead, I need to be able to mourn you. Within two minutes, it began to thunder and rain. Chicken and I ran home and sat on the porch together, crying and wondering what to do next. 
The rain stopped, and my neighbor's little five-year-old ran outside to play. She ran over me and asked me why I was crying and if I had seen the rainbow. She took my hand and led me to the front yard. There in the sky was a brilliant double rainbow. Before I could put it together, Lulu myself, uh, she turned to me and said, That's Lulu. Now you can stop crying. Not long after that, I randomly picked up a newspaper where Dear Abby had printed out the Rainbow Bridge poem about pets crossing over to heaven. So part of my fascination with this is simply that all this rainbow dead loved ones who came into me and, and all in such a random way in such a close succession. I've always felt as though I've had helper, protectors, or guardian angels, as my mom would call them. In a very tough or confusing times of life, I can sense that I'm being assisted or guided. If this is so, then perhaps my guardians sent all of that to me or just to help me through a tough time, or maybe other people have had somehow a rainbow messages from beyond. How about the Real Ghost Story Online listener? Any stories or theories to share? Thanks for reading and hosting such a great show. Lucy. I think it's uh, I think it's one of those things where you, you walk away from it going, uh, everything happens for a reason when you get stories like that that are back to back to back to back. You know? Yeah, and that's that's because that's not that that's fairly specific. That's not one of those things where you can just kind of walk away from going, well, maybe you know these things are always happening to me. They're just standing out more often now than than not. You don't well, usually get back to back double rainbow stories from all these people and these things happening you know no i mean just seeing a double rainbow i can count on one hand the number of times i've seen a double one but you know that yeah i completely agree everything happens for a reason and i think it's it's all meant to be yeah i do too 855-853-4802 if you have a real ghost story you'd like to share with us or of course you can always just write into us on the website that is realghoststoriesonline.com hi Hello, this is Lorna. Um, my story is about a possible past life memory, I guess you could call it. Um, so I, I've never had anything like this happen before, but um, okay. So I was maybe 18. I was watching the Discovery Channel, some documentary. It was uh, about something about uh, ships being lost at sea. I don't remember exactly what it was. I haven't been able to find it since. Um, And I've watched things like that a lot. I've seen so many documentaries. Uh, I've I've just been addicted to the Discovery Channel and the History Channel. Um, So I've I've seen a lot of things like that. But this time, um, everything was totally normal. And then it, it showed, um, I don't know if it was a recreation or, no, it was, okay, I think it was actually like someone had a camera on um, the deck of a boat. And so on the TV, it showed this giant wave rising up over this boat. And right then, I just like, I froze. Like my heart started beating like crazy. Um, I started crying uncontrollably and I didn't understand it. And I sort of like, it was almost like maybe like PTSD or something like I sort of like lapsed into this I don't know if lapsed is the right word but um, into this what seemed like a memory where I was I knew I was a man I was on the deck of this boat and I could I could feel like the gravity I could feel the boat um, sort of sliding down the side of one wave my wave rising up 
on on the other side of the boat and just looking at it and knowing, just knowing that I wasn't going to survive this. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm gonna miss my wife and my and my daughter. And um, um, uh, and then I just sort of stood there and just had to kind of accept it, I guess. I just accepted that I was going to die because there wasn't any other option. I knew that that was what was going to happen. And pretty soon after that, um, everything just went black, I guess. And then I went back into reality. Um, and I was just sitting in my room looking at the TV and I was still just totally crying. Like the tears were just like running down my face and I cannot explain that. I've seen all kinds of shows like that before. I've been around boats before. I've, I've always kind of had a weird like fear of the ocean, I guess. And maybe that's why, I don't know. But um, that was a really unique experience. I, I've never had that happen before or since. Um, so I, I sort of, I considered the possibility that it might have been a memory from a past life, even though I'm not really sure if I actually believe in that kind of thing or not. Um, but yeah, so that's my story. Hopefully you play it on the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. I think it's something I, I do because... For you to have the memory that you're going to miss your wife and your daughter, that's pretty specific. Yeah, I mean, that's that's ridiculously specific. It's yeah. not just a quick deja vu moment where you're like, oh, yes, bobsledding, dogs. I did this once. Done. You know, and then, you know, you can get that every now and then, you know, or just some weird situation you know you've never done before, mm-hmm. but suddenly it feels very natural. Right. Um that was ridiculously specific. Right. So, yeah, I I, I could see that. And, and the thing that, that's interesting about that story is um, my, my mind is going to open up to a totally different thought on the past life thing earlier in the show where, where somebody mentioned that maybe it's not necessarily past lives that we're or, or that, that people experience, but maybe it is like a DNA imprint of something from... Um, a relative or, or a, you know, a, a former ancestor uh-huh. that, you know, maybe there's something there. I mean, maybe that woman, I mean, it'd be interesting if she, um, and maybe she has, maybe she hasn't, you, she could write back in and tell us, do some research on her ancestry a little bit and see if any one of her ancestors was in any sort of, sort of situation like that. And if that is, I mean, if you could trace that, that would be very interesting for the DNA. But here's the thing, Tony. Thing. That was a fatal incident. Everyone died? No. But the thing is that that imprint or that memory couldn't be passed on. Well, that's what I'm asking. Did everyone die in that situation? Well, if oh, it couldn't be the kids. Be, okay, yeah, okay, you're right. See, because the kid was already alive, yeah, and there right. wouldn't be yeah. any more kids. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're so right, you're I'm right. thinking it's more the past life kind of thing. Some of the other cases we've talked about, the the people that had she felt them, she was the man. 
Yes. Okay. Okay. Because my okay. Here's where my mind was going with it. That the one of the daughters or one of the kids in that situation could have been like great 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 grandmother or something. Right. And then this is just such a tragic incident. It gets imprinted into the DNA, whatever, and then voila, it comes back. But she was the man in that. Yeah. So okay, I'm sorry. That just uh, I think about. It. I know. I know. I was kind of thinking. You know. Yeah, that would be enough. Back to past life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it was past life or something like that. Sure. I mean, and and being overwhelmed. There's, yeah. You can watch things. I mean, I cry at Hallmark commercials, but I mean, I, to I, become I, that overwhelmed yeah. with stuff, I think there's more to it. I cry at Hallmark Hall of Fame movies. You do? Well, some of them. They don't have those anymore. Back when we were kids, they did. I know. Like Sunday night movies. They were usually very, uh, there was usually a moment in there where I think I would shed a tear or two. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, kind of like, I'm not crying. It's Sarah plain and tall. Uh huh. <laughs> or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> That's great. What was Sarah Plain and Tall about? Remember that one? It was about a woman who came to the middle of nowhere, like where we live, and <laughs> was like a mail order bride almost. And she oh, came and yeah. helped. She married. I don't remember if she married him right away or she moved here and then married him. But she helped raise uh, this farmer whose wife had died, his mm-hmm. children. And it was a really good story. It was like a very good book. Today, I'm sure be, you today didn't just read be the called book. Russian Bride. No, it was a great story. <laughs> I remember that. No, I, I did read the book in elementary school. Really? I think it was more so read to did us. Did you Tony read it or did you no, read it? Read I think it? it was read to us by our teacher. Then you didn't read it. Yes, I did. Because it was one of those where we read the book. And I think we might have read along in class, and I, then I think we we watched the Hallmark Hall of Fame version of the movie okay. shortly thereafter. If I saw the movie, I'd remember this plotline and much more. But. I think Christopher Walken played the dad. Did he? I'm pretty sure. And Glenn Close played Sarah Plain and Tall. You got like a great memory for that stuff. Like, I know. I couldn't tell you who was like in a movie we watched yesterday. I will Google <laughs> like, it. Who? Go on and I will Google it. The show's done. I'm sorry. There's no uh, There's no more time to uh, oh. Google. Google okay, quickly. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'll wrap up here with the credits and you can tell us if Christopher Walken was the dad in Sarah Plain and Tall in case anyone's wondering. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in if you have a real ghost story. We'd love to hear it and play it back on a future episode of the show. You can always write into us at realghoststoriesonline.com or you can, uh, what is this? Uh, Christopher Walken. He's really not as creepy looking as he, he is. He actually looks like a normal person there. Yeah. He even acted like a normal person in the movie. Look at that. I would never have guessed Christopher Walken because he looks so normal. I love the uh, the 19... It was a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie, uh-huh. too, wasn't it? It was. Stay down there. Uh, you can always write into us at realghoststoriesonline.com and, of course, giving away that future bonus episode, uh, episode number two of the bonus episode series, if you give us a review on iTunes, uh, hopefully a nice one. Uh, just uh, email me back what your username is, and uh, I will then reply back with a link to the bonus episode. Don't have an iTunes account? Create one. It's absolutely free, and it helps us tremendously. So... There you go. That's the answer to that question. My email, by the way, Tony2NY at realghoststoriesonline.com. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, Christopher Walken, Sarah Plain and Tall, and Jenny Bruski, thank you for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Mm-hmm.